more money, you got less problems. At least mine, the ones all your basics accounted for. Team Elite, I run with them, guaranteed to be Final Four. Less money, you got more problems. More money, you got less problems. Good evening, back bringing Albany communities knowledge. Uh, tonight we have Ron Cook Barrett. Everyone in the Albany community knows him as Cook. I've known Cook since I was a youngin. Uh, so uh, to be able to have this gentleman on tonight is definitely an honor. Uh, and I'm sure throughout tonight, uh, you'll get a chance to see why. Uh, but first things first, Cook, thank you for allowing me to enter you for back, brother. I uh, love you, and I can't wait to dive into your story. No, I appreciate it, Ty. Um, as we spoke about, I'm just um, humbled and honored to be able to represent the city. And, and our friendship goes beyond, which we'll discuss. And um, being proud, I'm like a proud father when I see you doing what you're doing. So this is something okay. where kudos to you to keeping this energy going because obviously mm -hmm. people know this is the type of energy you know that we need so um i'm proud of you for your, your leaps and bounds and your strides brother and um it's going to be a good a good night so thank you for having me uh, all right good 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 uh, um well uh first i want to hit you with your first unofficial question man i always like to ask everyone who comes on uh you know how have you and your family been surviving through COVID 19 we've been officially quarantined now for uh, a year, a little bit over a year now, uh, you know, how have you guys been surviving, Cook? Uh, you know, have you been doing anything creative? You know what I mean? Has COVID uh, impacted you in uh, any way? Uh, 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 let me in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been a double whammy. I mean, when I say a double whammy, um, my wife enjoys it because she's working from home, obviously, mm. and my daughter's loving it because she's doing a virtual education, and she really loves mm. the virtual education. Um, I'm working on the, uh, you know, at the job, so um, out there. So it's sort of not much of a change for me when it comes to my the nine to five, nine to six, nine to seven mindset. But besides that, with the shutdown and everything, family time has been a blessing, you know, just being able to corral everybody in and do things. We always traveled, like, you know, uh, obviously with my team night program and stuff like that, every Saturday I wasn't working. We were down in New York and we were, you know, doing our thing and just mm -hmm. living and, and getting away. Um, that you know, the, the brakes got put on that. So that's mm -hmm. been the biggest change, especially for my daughter, you know, who's 16 now because she was used to those bi-weekly mm -hmm. trips, you know, those getaway trips and that's halted. So um, also when I say double edge, it's good on the other side because now we're home doing that family bonding where mm -hmm. we're just sort of de-stress and talking about more intimate things um, as everyone's probably doing the games are out now. And I feel like I'm mm -hmm. the Pictionary wizard right now, ready to you know, take anybody on in Pictionary. Um, <laughs> but that is priceless so it's sort of been a blessing for the family because this time together as most families are finding out um you know we're not going to get it back and the closest yeah. it brings for us um it's a special moment to be able to reflect on and say it, it made us stronger it made yeah. our faith stronger and um we all grew from it so it's been a, a busy time a nervous time for me as a parent talking to my daughter about mm -hmm. the you know the fear of the unknown but um i think we're we're in a good place and it brought us closer nice Nice. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that one. And uh, uh, two is just like uh, to be able to this what we what we are still going through, but what we have gone uh, 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 through uh, thus far isn't normal. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, what I mean, I remember when we first went into quarantine or lockdown down here, it was just like, oh, we're going to be in quarantine for two weeks. I mean, this is a year later, minus. 500,000 lives that we lost in the U.S. alone, 
You know what I mean? Who would have ever thought that no. we would be here? So Yeah. Yeah, you really can't make it up. It's 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 one of those, you know, just you really can't make it up top. Yeah, yeah, man. But I'm happy that uh one, uh you guys are alive, you're thriving, uh, uh you're the Pictionary champ right now. Yeah, oh, that's and good. um uh, uh is 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 giving you guys more of an opportunity uh uh to mesh in a lot of ways. So yeah. uh Amen. I'm Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, man, this is a long awaited interview. Uh, you were definitely one of the first people I reached out to uh, when I knew that I wanted to do the back interviews uh, for obvious reasons, because, you know, I have a rich history with you. But Albany has a rich and extensive hit, uh, history with you as well. You know, uh, mine predates back to Pop Warner days uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, down there at Lincoln Park. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into some of that later on. I, I'm not going to spill the beans too early. <laughs> but, uh, let me see. I want to give you uh, the chance to, to formally introduce yourself. I know everyone knows you. Uh, uh, you're a man's man. But uh, uh, Cook or Ron Cook Barrett, uh, <laughs> what are you doing now? Uh, what kind of passion projects are you working on? Here's your opportunity to tell the Albany community about you. Okay. Um, well, I was a 20 plus year gang intervention specialist with the city of Albany. Um, I am now with the County of Albany, and I wear a few hats with the County of Albany, but mainly my focus is doing alternative incarceration programs, mm -hmm. um, doing everything with cognitive theory programs with, with the probationers, job training, workforce development, um, just an extension of what I've always did with the kids, um, but now on a bigger spectrum with the county instead of obviously with the city. Um, besides that, I, you know, I've been a consultant. I do a lot of consultant work. It's slowed mm -hmm. down, obviously, with the pandemic, but I've still been... Um, you know, a bit busy doing that type of stuff and just educating the educators and educating people on, on the culture of what I deal with and what we're mm -hmm. dealing with when it comes to gangs. Um, I just got done doing a collaboration with Showtime. Um, mm -hmm. They did a, a, they did a um, sort of a, a docu-series on Takashi 69 and the whole phenomenon mm -hmm. with uh, what happened with him with the gangs and, you know, him snitching and all that whole drama. And that's currently just started airing on Showtime in a three-part series on Sunday night. So, I got a, okay. a, a chance to check out the part, the first part and the second part and, and happy the way it's coming out. So that was also, you know, a big step, but I enjoyed doing that. So staying busy, tied, doing what I love to do, staying in my lane and um, just feel blessed. Nice, nice. Listen, well, I, I, I now if I wasn't going to check that project out, I definitely have to check the project out uh, <laughs> because one, uh, like I said, man, um, the work that you have been doing, I've got a chance to, to see it and witness it firsthand. So, you know, what I mean, right now you just uh, uh, putting your, your work out to the masses. I've seen you uh, in the Albany community and what you do. Uh, one of the things, you know, I'm not going to let you walk off uh, uh, from it is uh, one of the things uh, everyone loves you for is what you did with Team Night uh, mm -hmm. uh, there at Albany, among other things. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, Team Night was a stickler uh, uh, in the community uh, because it provided a place, a safe place. Uh, for for us to just be able to go to, and I know Team Night came uh, pretty much probably right around the same time that I was leaving to go uh, uh, to go down to Charlotte. Uh, yep. It was definitely around uh, around that time period. But um, yeah, 99, 99, yeah. 2000. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah, yep. And it was just like, yo, um, you have been doing uh, 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 amazing work, and uh, uh, what you're doing deserves to be um, uh, uh, spoken about and put on every platform. So to see you on Showtime is going to be a major honor. So I can't wait to check that one out too, man. 
Yeah, um, one love. Yeah, one love. I mean, the teen night. I don't know if we're going to expand on that later. If you want yeah. me to go into that history, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I mean, it, that it's just when I, when I started the program in '99, as far as the gang prevention with the city, um, the need for positive diversions were, you know, obviously needed, and to be able to collaborate with the Y to be able to get that building on Washington Avenue and start that there, mm -hmm. um, you know, people don't realize our first night at teen night we had like you know 40 kids. Um, the second weekend, it was like 80 kids. And by the end of the second month, we were locking the door at 830 because we just we were, you know, 200 plus. Um, this is our 21st year. And obviously, the brakes have been put mm -hmm. on because of the pandemic. We're hopefully, you know, looking to get the green light soon and be able to jump right back into this. But mm -hmm. to have a consistent program for 21 years, dealing with the, with the quote unquote at risk kids nobody wants to deal with mm -hmm. and being able to keep these doors open and get the respect from the kids and vice versa, where they sort of policed each other to make sure that they didn't ruin a program to you know always say well there's nothing for us to do there's nothing for us to do that was always a safe haven on saturday nights still is a safe haven on saturday nights for the most at-risk population i mean i've been able to do stats with the program and our our highest draw our biggest draw is the one two two oh six you know area mm -hmm. code yep. and that's you know west hill arbor hill and even when we had to move the program from washington avenue to north albany um we still got the majority 80 percent one two two oh six so to mm -hmm. see those kids from those hardest hit poverty regions um, walk to North Albany and, you know, mm -hmm. the dynamics we have when you walk through the yard and everything yep. else. So for those kids to say, come on, man, you know, let's go to team night and to be able to, you know, to provide that 21 years later. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, like I tell Dave Graham, who's my partner in yep. crime there, yep. you know, this is, it's like our baby, Ty. It's, you know, this mm -hmm. is our baby. It's something that we take so much personal pride in, not for just saying, oh, we run a program for 21 years. No, mm -hmm. just because of the relationships and, and me having a chance and Dave having a chance just to be like fertilizer on a seed, just dropping yeah. what we could do on you guys. And now 21 years later, man, looking at what, you know, the harvest gave us and seeing yeah. yourself and the Omars and the people that, you know, yeah. the Eldons. And it's just, it's amazing to know that, you know, I had a chance to touch that and fertilize that seed. And I'm so proud for that. So it's, it's a lifelong dedication. Love the program. Um, the community has been great. You know, it's been a double-edged sword with the community too with that, but um, mm -hmm. it just feels good to be 21 years in climbing and we're looking to hopefully do it for another 10, 15 years and then pass it right. off to, to the younger generation and take the reins and say, hey, you know how we do teen night, continue this so that safe haven continues out here. Nice, nice. Listen, maybe, maybe think about it because if that was 99, 2000, so I left, I went to Charlotte in 2001 and I think I'm uh, maybe maybe one of my first semesters back. I came I came back to speak to uh, 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 one of the groups uh, there at Teen Night. But mm -hmm. on top of that, after my freshman year, I left and I went to Morocco, right? And one of the things that uh, that stands out to me about that was, you know, I got this package from Cook. Now I'm all the way. I'm in North Africa, right? I get a package from Cook that had the latest CDs in it. Uh, uh, and, you know, that meant the world to me because like I said, man, I'm, 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 I'm on a whole nother, I'm in a whole nother country right now, but to be able to have those uh, close ties uh, to the Albany community uh, from a person outside of my family meant the world to me. You know what I mean? So I don't know how many years uh, has gone, uh, uh, has gone by since then, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. Well, we're gonna put that up there, and and that that stub says 2002, so nice. we're talking we're talking 19 years ago, and the, and the pictures of of the young king right here, 
You know, the young king right there. Nice. You know, and, then, and then obviously seeing this, this Morocco stuff. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was a trip for me because, I mean, obviously we'll talk about our inner city years and stuff like that. But um, when, when I was schooling and living in New York City, you know, the hip hop culture, man, I, you know, just embellished in it like most kids were back then because of the intrigue of what was happening with the music. And, you know, I just loved it. And then DJed and just... I constantly collected the tapes, you know, and whatever the DJs were that were selling the cassettes, I was buying them and duping. And then when I was up here in Albany, obviously, every time I come to Lincoln Park with the, with the little white Suzuki, um, we were always thumping something that was new. And then when you did take off, I always took pride in saying, man, I want to, you know, I want to send him some New York so he can have a nice. piece of New York when he's over there. And when I got the letter, man, it was just a smile from, you know, here to here on, on seeing somebody from our, our, our little city. Mm-hmm. um take that big leap and do what you did buddy it was it, you know I, I envy that i didn't get an opportunity to go to the desert and see mm-hmm. to see that lifestyle but for you to be able to have that in you know in your resume and the things you did you know it just adds to who you are my man it adds to mm-hmm. who you are hey listen man i truly appreciate it. It, it 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 says a lot about who you are as a person as well so i'm gonna i'm gonna give the flowers uh, uh why you're still living you know what i mean because uh, not only for individuals just like myself, like you said, you work with a population of people that is typically discarded. It's like, you know, it's typically like, you know, we're at risk, we're the ones that's going to be uh, 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 problematic. But for, uh, I'm not even going to say for whatever reason, because you have the compassion and the way that you are able to blend in and connect with us has mm-hmm. always uh, allowed you to uh to one, get respect among uh, the younger population, but to uh, to be admired by us as young men. You know what I mean? Trying to find a way and navigate our way up out of Albany, up out of street culture. Mm-hmm. I think my first, one of my first, I want to say major public ex- uh, experience, uh, public speaking experiences was, I, I think I might have been in 11th or 12th grade, something like that. But um, uh, uh, we had a gang prevention uh, panel it might have been it might have been sooner than that actually but we had a gang prevention yeah. panel down at the crown plaza and that was my first chance to really go out to go talk about it and for me at the mm-hmm. time i had really just made the transition for myself uh as a person who was running with osb and it was just like you know i remember telling everybody i was running with it was just like right now you know uh i'm about to go this path you know what i mean mm-hmm. this I, I ain't tossing it up with you no more yeah. no nothing everybody kept looking at me like i was funny but it was just like, you know, enough was enough. I've seen enough uh, uh, death. I've seen enough people go to jail. And it was just like enough was enough for me. And I, I remember going to go speak on the gang prevention panel uh, yeah. uh, with you down at the Crown Plaza. And uh, it helped to build a public speaking, uh, 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 my confidence uh, uh, that I had a different story to tell. And, you know, a lot of that uh, traced back to those, uh, to those early times uh, with that. So... Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the main reason why I would choose somebody like a Tyrell Hughes was because obviously, yes, you dabbled in that, you were surrounded by that, but the way you could articulate the change, mm-hmm. the way you could articulate what's needed to, to avoid them peer pressures, to give, to drop some seeds to those kids that were sitting there listening, because there was a thousand Tyrell users in the audience right. that, that, that needed to hear that, that, you know what, I can be different. I don't have to be the same, or I can make choices that might be a little off kilter of what everyone's doing against the norm, but look what you can do with yourself. So um, you were the perfect spokesperson to have for, you know, an arena like mm-hmm. that. 
And, you know, we did things at Livingston School. I remember bringing Warren Lane, um, Omar, mm -hmm. you know, just having these panels. And my main reason was because kids listen to kids more than they do adults. You know, most mm -hmm. adults are being told, oh, you're supposed to say that or you're getting paid to say that. Mm -hmm. um, but when you can hear it from individuals that not only look like you, but come from where you are. So when they leave that household and walk up the street, they're going to see you again the next day. That's that's a very powerful thing to do. So mm -hmm. um, I appreciated you guys getting out of your safety zone and comfort zone to be able to say, you know, yes, I'll get involved in this because, you know, it, it helped everybody there, but especially helped me get the message across. And my main wish, my mission of this was just awareness program and, and raising mm. awareness and having kids thinking and just thinking a little bit more than just, you know, reacting on emotion. Mm. Right. Right. Well, listen, man, uh, 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 before I stay here too long, uh, uh, I'm going to get to these other questions for you. Um, uh, one, because this one here is also about me understanding your love for Albany, because for a person to do what you have done, I think you said uh, uh, 30 plus years uh, just in, uh, uh, in, in gang prevention. Um, uh, but um, uh, uh, Cook, what's your favorite place to visit in Albany and why? I mean, boy, Todd. I mean, that was always like in stages, obviously, with, with my years. Mm -hmm. Um, in my younger years, I mean, I grew up on Huffman Ave, Second Ave area. So Huffman Park mm. was ground zero. Mm. So Huffman, Huffman Park was always a place that had a, because uh, I played Little League, I played Pop Warner, you know, the teen center down there. You know, that was home base, comfort zone mm. for me growing up. Um, then St. Rose ended up buying that property and there's really nothing mm. there but the basketball courts and the football field, mm. which is used sporadically. Um, so, I mean... Hoffman Park used to be. Then it transitioned to when I went downtown to good old Lincoln. And Lincoln Park mm -hmm. became a, you know, just a, I get a special energy and a vibe every time I go to Lincoln because of those many years of just the sweat, the the smiles, mm -hmm. the cries and them tears and everything mm -hmm. I did with the, with you guys. Um, besides that, I mean, you probably heard them all before, you know, all the riverfront, the parks. But mm -hmm. to be honest with you, in the area... I want to say probably Thatcher Park, man. Nice. Like the overlook at Thatcher Park, I would park my car, still do. And it's sort of like, um, you know, I can turn down my frequency. I can, I can just de-stress, you know, and, and just get some serenity. And then I look at the city because you can see, you know, in the, in the, you can see the Empire State Plaza, you know, miles away. And you can see how small it really is. So it sort of puts everything in perspective how, you know, we're just – you know, pawns on a chessboard and all the mm. stress we really have, just breathe a little bit. So Thatcher Park always did that to me. Nice. And just getting out of the city to be able to just get that serenity. So um, besides the many beautiful gems in my beautiful city, don't want to disrespect my beautiful city, but I know 20 minutes outside of my city is a place that's special. You wouldn't even know that you're in the Albany area because you really think you're in the mountains of Maine and New Hampshire. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and we used to, uh, we used to go up there uh, pretty much once a year and it's crazy, especially from a kid uh, like uh, who grew up in a household. We didn't have a car in the household and stuff like that. So to be able to take trips to a place 20 minutes outside seemed like you were going to a place four oh, yeah. or five hours away. So, yes. you know, and they used to have, um, it used to be a bus that used to take oh, yeah. you up to the Thatcher Park right there outside of the governor's mansion, I think. Yeah, it used to take Delaware Avenue all the way down. And I used to get it at the old Handy Andy on 2nd and Delaware. Mm -hmm. And it used to cost us, you know, five cents or 10 cents or 25 cents, whatever. And it would take us right to the park to go swimming and yeah. hang out and, and think we were in Pennsylvania in the Poconos. 
Yep. Yep. Listen, for some reason, I think it might have been like 17 cents by the time it was my time. Because <laughs> in my mind, I, in my mind, that's what I'm saying. So, yo, I think it was 17 cents to take this bus. Yep. I might be wrong, but it was a minute yep. ago. But yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah, that 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 that, that park is, is definitely nice. I actually almost died up there uh, at that park, uh, not listening to my older brother, not listening to my cousin Smooth. Uh, I couldn't swim, and um, they told me not to go into the deep end. Right? They told me <laughs> not to go into the deep end. And sure enough, here come some of my friends. This is probably my earliest lesson of not to follow other people. Mm-hmm. because I, I decided they're like oh come on Rev, we're gonna go down here to the deep end or whatever so i get out the, i get out the shallow end thinking that i can swim because i can do my little thing underwater but i couldn't really swim they go down to the deep end and at the time uh thatcher still had that they had the high dive exactly exactly yeah. yo so so i'm just sitting there i was like okay uh really my inside is like i can't swim i can't swim i can't swim but the peer pressure is, oh, is yeah. swinging me this way so it's just mm-hmm. like okay well you know what i can't tell them that i gotta go Next thing you know, I'm all the way up climbing the ladder. And by the time I realized that really I can't do this, it's already kids behind me. Exactly. So I can't go back down. It's like there was one way to get down. Three floors no. down. Yeah, three <laughs> floors down. And then that splash hurt more than anything. Yo, listen, I hit the water. I didn't remember nothing else. All <laughs> I remember was uh, a smooth coming in, in, in the pool and grabbing me. And, and I kept kicking and screaming. And he's like, Tyrell, if you don't stop moving, I'm going to throw you back in the water. And I said, Priceless. That was it. Yeah. Priceless, yeah. brother. That's your yeah. part. That's your part. Let me see. Um, let's see. Question for you. Um, I, I like to ask uh, uh, individuals questions pertaining to education as well. Uh, uh, Cook, during your time period, do you think that education saved you or opened up doors for you? Why or why not? I mean, I would definitely say yes, just, just on the capacity of, to me, you know, education is, is an everyday experience. And, you know, learning yes. is a process every darn day. And the day we want to really stop learning is the day we mentally die, man. So, so to me, being able to go to higher education, go to college, try college, you know, I did Vermont, then I did New York City. Um, yes, it exposed. It was not, not only just the, the educational component of college, but just the being on your own, being out there in the real yeah. world. Um, getting that information and, and being able to overcome the process of having to be self-reliant for the first time, being away from the nest. Um, th- that's a learning experience. So to me, education c- encompasses everything. And yes, every day we should learn. I don't care if you're just going to the store, if you're watching television, if you're listening to music, if you're not processing and really putting that brain to work and, and, and learning something new or at least trying to expand your knowledge, um, then you're dying mentally because it becomes stalemate. It becomes stalemate. So I just think education is a is everybody should take it to whatever level they need to, but be open minded and just don't listen to the masses because sometimes that that M is silent, you know. And, and you know, so too many people turn into asses. So we just I just want people to realize that that educational process for me personally, it opens some doors. Um, but also gave me enough to understand about life and how to play this game called life to be able yep. to say, you know what, I've been there, I've seen that, I understand that. Mm. And it just gave you really more tools in your tool belt to, to, right. to navigate life. Mm. Yes, yeah, interesting that, uh, that you said that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you did Vermont, you did New York, it gave you the exposure piece. And one, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking about it because I know when I went to uh, Johnson C. Smith in Charlotte, 
I want to say, I think you and my mom might have been working at the same spot at the time. Uh, yep. for, uh, 175 Central. Yeah, it was yeah. that Youth and Recreation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, and, you know. Miss Pat. Uh, this is my Miss Pat. Yeah, man. Listen, get being able to get away um, helped change and saved my life. You know what I mean? Like I said, going down to Charlotte was everything. And it was just like, yeah. you know, one, because like you said earlier, you're forced to uh, become independent. You're forced to see what you're really made of. You know what I mean? Thank a lot you. of people will tell you that they can do X, Y, and Z when they're in their comfort zone and they're around everything that they're used to. But, you know what I mean, when you get a chance to be outside, you're forced to see how you're going to manage your money, how you're going to manage women, how you're going to manage confrontation. Exactly. Exactly. And then balance schoolwork and, you know, that yeah. piece. You know, so like you said, man, it just it, it forces you to grow up, you know, and and if you weren't given the blueprint, like I wasn't given a blueprint by anybody on how to handle this life. So to me, it was all a learning experience. But like I said, every day we learn. So embrace. It. Nice. Nice. Yeah, man. Let me see. Uh, uh, definitely in your um in your personal life, like I said, because I, I see the responses that a lot of people give you anywho. So like I said, I see people give you nothing but homage and respect. And those are from some of the people that I know I ran the streets with too. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so I know that you're deeply rooted is where I'm going, uh, is where I, uh, deeply rooted in the Albany community is where I'm going with this next question. Uh, sadly, Albany has seen more and more violence. And our, our communities have experienced a lot of loss over the years. Definitely 2020 was one of the uh, hardest hit years that I've ever known of uh, in, in the history of Albany. But, Cook, here's my question for you. What would you like to see in the city of Albany? What is your hope for the city, Cook? I mean, it's, it's always what it's always been, to be honest, which is just investment in youth, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I just truly believe that. You know, if a generation is caught up in a cycle of violence, yes, you do the interventions needed to help that gener you know, that generation that's involved in this, that's really in it. But this whole generation that's behind it is really the one that I like to focus mm -hmm. on because these youngins are just becoming products of their environment. So mm -hmm. let's do more youth investment. I just, I just think we've seen a really big digress in youth investment yep. in our community for programming. Um, you know, everything from just positive, see, my motto always has been like positive diversions deter negative behaviors. It's basic. There's not enough positive diversions that are acceptable by this generation of kids. We have to change with the times. So offering basketball is good. Yes, offering basketball is good, but you got a population of kids out here that are still intrigued by their street life that that basketball is not going to be the draw unless it's, you know, minus 15 degrees and they want a place to stay warm for 20 minutes before they do whatever. So more youth investment. And, and when I say youth investment is, the facilities we used to have, I watched two, three of your um, your past shows, you know, DJ, Omar, and, you know, the common theme with a lot of, a lot of what I'm hearing is, you know, when I, we were growing up, we had a teen center here, there, there, there. I'm, I mean, it's sad, but true. I mean, Ty, the, the investment in our youth, I mean, now it's like people don't collaborate up here unless there's a political um, like someone's going to benefit from this politically, then maybe we'll collaborate with these people to start a program. And it, that's getting more of a problem in our area where before we had the, you know, I know how politics works. Yes, this is, you know, political benefit is everything. I understand that. This is how it works. But we always had youth investments with, the, with yep. the past people we had where they believed in the kids and they made sure that they had what they needed. Be it after school teen centers in every part of town to basketball leagues during the summer. 
and the brakes have been put on a lot of this stuff for our youth. So we really got to start thinking about, are we, are we really investing in our youth? Or are we just you know, going through the motions to, to appease whoever? So I would just like to see more youth investment for the right reasons and more collaborations and less silos. I mean, they've always been around, but I just think the silos are now getting stronger. And it's mm. the communities are, are suffering because of this, because the way I look at this stuff with silos, man, it's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it creates fractured communities. We have a lot of fractured communities, yeah. Yeah. which are already full of fractured families. So how the hell do we expect to, to, to get ahead of this game if we continue to sort of ignore the fractured communities because it doesn't benefit you or we really don't know what to do there or, or they're mad at the war leader or whatever it may be? Get rid of politics for the sake of our children. And right. our kids will see there's a better way. And our kids will believe that, hey, my city cares about me. There's people in my community or my community that are being mentors that are there that I believe in. And that brings us back to our generation when we were working with you guys. There was that, that meeting of halfway of, yeah, you know, I trust this adult. They're really in it for the right reasons. And I'm going to buy in what they're selling. Right now, the kids aren't really buying what people are trying to sell in our communities. So we really got to think of a way how we can hit these kids that are, are saying, no to positive versions because maybe it's not the only thing they like to see. They like to do something mm -hmm. else. Well, ask the kids, survey the kids, start talking mm -hmm. to the kids. You know, what is needed in our community? What would you like to see? And the kids will tell you. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how we prospered our team night. We said, listen, you know, yes, we're providing basketball. What else would you like to do? Oh, cook, man, we want video games. So we made sure we, we got mm -hmm. video games. All right, that was easy. What else you want to do? Girls said, we want to do a fashion show. We got together, did a fashion show in a gymnasium that the girls donated clothes. They had a catwalk set up. It was beautiful. They all dressed to the tees. Um, so just think of how we can invest in our children more in our city of Albany and stop mm -hmm. thinking of the other end of the, the spectrum, which is the bickering and what we're seeing politically nationally, unfortunately. Yep. And start serving these communities that need it. Start putting more in these communities. It's easy, Ty. It's yep. easy. I mean, I remember when I started Livingston Teen Center back in geez, 90, 94. Livingston didn't have a teen center in school. Mm -hmm. I was working at Livingston. We found out that once school closed, most of the kids were rushing outside and we were dealing with the aftermath of the mm -hmm. kids meeting outside of school and settling their differences because one was from the yard, you know, one was 868, you know, and next thing you know, we were yep. dealing with all that drama. And um, we finally put our heads together and said, what if we keep the safe haven, which is a school, open until nine o'clock every night? And we'll, we'll, we'll close the doors for different parts of the building so it's just not an open school. We'll keep them contained to the area where the, the gymnasium, the weight room, we put a boxing facility, we had a computer room, and we started a teen center. And that teen center just gave these kids a safe haven from, from four o'clock until nine o'clock where their parents knew they were in a structured environment. They could get that extra stress out because a lot of these kids, as you know, are locked, you know, the lock key kids that are out there. You know, they're out there just walking the streets until seven, eight, nine o'clock. So give them places, harness them. We really have a neglect in those places where we harness our kids with positive diversions. I like that. I like it. And, and, and uh, uh, one of the person, uh, one of the people I, um, I interviewed maybe three weeks ago, Mahabi, uh, who does uh, a, U a UGT. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. you know, I mean? and he was just saying, he said, listen, there is a lane in a pocket for, for every type of child uh, in, uh, uh, in any community. It was like, basketball is not going to do it for everybody. You know what I mean? Games is not going to do it for everybody. We need to have more exposure and more uh, a diversity among uh, uh, places where our kids can actually go. Yeah. Like, we yeah. need to be able to have a musical outlet uh, for the kids. We need to be able to have uh, a basketball outlet. We need to be able to have a robotics outlet. All these different outlets exactly. for the kids so that you have options, man. Every person, at least Seven or eight of the people that I'm thinking of right now said said the same thing, which is like, 
what happened to the rec centers. We had the Boys and Girls Club. When I was coming yeah. up, we had uh, Brandon Graham over here at uh, on Delaware Ave. Right. And what he did for us changed mm -hmm. the game because, yep. you know I mean, yeah, it was a safe space, but he also made sure that we were thorough. So it was just like, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Shout out, uh, shout out to my man, BG. But mm -hmm. uh, if we had an argument or, 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 or a debate, you know what I mean? We had a boxing room back there in the back. Like, mm -hmm. go on, put your gloves on. And, yep. and, and duke it out. And guess what? Y'all can be friends uh, uh, right afterwards. But, you know, when we went on uh, uh, for the Intermero Leagues to go play basketball up at St. Joe's or down in the yard at the rec center, yep. you know what I mean? He prepared us for all of those things. We go into different parts of the community. Y'all be okay. And we felt comfortable going with him because we know that we were great underneath exactly. his leadership and, and tutelage. Exactly. And, you know, it you know, youth development is just nurturing the strengths, you know, just nurturing the strengths, finding these kids' strengths and nurturing to be whatever you, you know, everything you just said. So if if we don't have the facilities to engage them to be able to say, okay, now we can help nurture these strengths so they can grow and develop, then, then we're spinning wheels. We're spinning wheels. And they're finding that stuff in the streets, unfortunately, and, and you know, we're reaping what we harvest there. Okay. Yeah, and we got to change. Uh I got a question for you, especially since uh, uh, since you grew up over there, uh, down there off the second half. Uh, uh, how did growing up in Albany prepare you for adulthood, Cook? <laughs> um, well, I think the biggest plus from my area and growing up in Albany was, as I mentioned earlier, we had Huffman Park, which was ground zero. Little League, Pop Warner. I mean, so everything was a block away for me to walk. Mm. Um that was full of role models. That was full of mentors. That was full of parents who didn't get paid to coach, who gave me everything that when my dad wasn't around, they would give me. Mm -hmm. um, so that gave me the sense of community. I think Albany really taught me what community can do. And when you have strong families, you have strong communities. So mm -hmm. I think Albany taught me that. Um, it also put in perspective like small city versus big city. Because when I had an opportunity to, you know, to stretch and travel and go to Mecca, I, you know, I seen that big city component, but Albany prepared me to know the difference of, you know, Albany is a small community like the, the speakers you're having on for your show. Yeah. Um, it's a small circle. Everyone knows each other. We're like two yeah. degrees of separation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you stretch yourself out and you're living in Brooklyn or Manhattan, it's not like that. So you sort of admire that smaller setting. Yes, mm -hmm. you know, that family atmosphere, that community atmosphere, which you always want to harness. And it prepares you to be able to expand on that when you get to that bigger city and what community could mean because there's still communities in bigger cities and it's still yeah. a communal, you know, mindset that is needed, obviously, for everybody to coexist and get along. So it already prepared me well because it showed me what a strong community can do. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Yo, uh, and to be honest, a lot of people overlook the fact that there's so many benefits um, coming from a small place. Like I said, man, uh, your competition uh, isn't uh, isn't on a uh, on a grand or a wide scale as it could be uh, mm -hmm. in, in a larger city. Yep. And uh, your uh, your capacity to have more one on one time with teachers, with programs, all of those things help to build you up to your benefit. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, what I mean, uh, you know, I mean, some people always be like, oh, man, you're not from New York because you're from Albany or you're not from New York City. Listen, there's a lot yeah. of benefits of being from a place just like Albany. That's, That's why, right. regardless of where I am in the world, you know what I mean, uh, Albany is is uh, is my heart because, like you said, you know, it, I, in my opinion, it gave me everything that I needed 
to be able yeah. to survive wherever other place that I've lived, uh, yes. uh, regardless. And it's just yeah. like, yo, you get that in a small community. You understand mm -hmm. the beauties of it, of how that community aspect really can be. Uh, the nostalgic feeling of what Albany used to be like is what I'm thriving, is what, uh, is what I can't, uh, I can't wait to see uh, a, a comeback because uh, yeah. uh, it, it deserves it. It deserves yeah, it. I mean, and, and, and that's the biggest issues that we're dealing with is just a breakdown of community. So, you know, when the old, ad, you know, the additive of, uh, you know, your neighbors are always looking out for other people's kids, yeah. you know, you know, the little birdie always looked out the window and told your mom when you got home, they knew that's missed, you know, that's, yeah. that's sorely missed where we're, you know, not too many adults are now adults are locking the doors and, and peeking yeah. out the window where before that door was open and they'd welcome you in and give you something to drink and ask how your parents were doing. And that sense of love right there is something that we all look for. That's the number one thing in nurturing is love, you know, and respect and belonging. And that sense of belonging, love and respect was, was something different and nobody had it. So like you said, let, let's get it back. Let's strengthen yeah. his families and get it back. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Let, let's get it back. Let's strengthen yeah. his families and get it back. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Success is measured in many different ways. Uh, how do you measure success, Cook? And uh, uh, what keeps you motivated? Um, well, you guys keep me motivated. It's always been the youth that keep me motivated because mm. I know, I see, I always wanted to be that guy, Ty, that in a world where so many people are trying to keep everybody down and keep you down, I want to be mm. the one to help lift you up. So that was always my motivation to be able to just lift up and be an extension and just serve. I just feel we're all vessels and I just wanted to be able to serve. My, my capacity was always in the inner city because that's where I felt, I felt most comfortable to be honest with you, you know? And it, it's funny because, you know, sometimes you have to be hated before you can be loved, you know? And I remember when I first went down to coach with you guys, you know, people from Whitehall and Huffman Park were like, you know, Albany Pop Warner, like, what do you mean you're going to inner city? And mm -hmm. it was like, you know, wait a minute, what do you mean? I'm just going where I was asked to coach and this is what I'm mm -hmm. asking to do. So my successes and everything else is, has, is basically about being persistent in what I've been doing and being able to be consistent in what I do and seeing the small wins and knowing that there's no magic potion or magic pill on what I'm doing and what we're doing to help the, the, the kids we work with. So success to me is just being able to stay in your lane, um, wake up every day and don't think of it as a job. I mean, I really don't wake up and every morning, oh man, it's Monday, I got a whole week. I mean, to me, every day is a new adventure. Every day I'm out here doing something different. It's spontaneous. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I know what my plans are, but to be able to live in, and work in a spontaneous environment and then see the results, it may take six months, it may take a year, it may take two days, but to see results of somebody who it could be a truancy issue, all of a sudden they're going back to school. It could be a, a, a police contact issue I'm dealing with. Next thing you know, they haven't had a police contact in six months. These small wins that you just garnish, the small wins just keep building and festering where it becomes like a, I told my wife, you know, this, the kids and my work is sort of like a, a, a fungus on me. I just can't get rid of it because, <laughs> you know, it's a 24-7 type of a, a process where you're constantly thinking of the kids, what you can do more and, and just continue to give and serve. So success to me is just being happy in what you're doing. Um, I'm a struggling social worker. Lord knows the money doesn't come in like a social worker mm -hmm. should be making in the work that they do in our, in our in our field in our society. So it's not the money to me that is success. You know, success to me just breeds in your mental state of mind. And if you're happy, and you're really passionate about what you do, 
and you see people responding to what you're doing in your field of work, then to me, you're being successful. There's no magic potion. You're just being successful by being that person that they're going to rely on, they believe in, and hopefully they turn to in time of need. And in 30 years, man, it's proven that, yes, they're turning and they're asking and I can help. And, you know, whatever role I can play in someone's life, let me continue to do what I'm doing and I'm happy doing it. So to me, that's success. Yes, it, uh, um, you made me think of something uh, where you were saying about just staying in your lane, right? It's just like, we all have gifts. Me and my wife just had this conversation earlier today. Now, God gives each of us gifts. We all got gifts, right? And like, I felt like for mine, when I graduated uh, from Charlotte, it was just like, I knew what I was coming back to Albany to do. So yep. it was just, like, you know what? So uh, to create model uh, there, you know what I mean, would be like an additional um, extension of what you guys were already doing at team night. And mm -hmm. then you would say, actually, it could probably even work uh, in cahoots with one another because during the week, you'll say, you know, Monday, Wednesday or whatever activities we got going on at model, uh, you know, uh, on uh, 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 team night on Saturday, you know, what I mean, you guys got another additional place to go ahead and yep. go. And, Amen. And, and that and that was that was my love, man. It was just like because I can directly relate to their struggles uh, because one, you know, by the grace of God, I made it out of that myself, too. But it was exactly. just like, you know, they need to see people that look like them that they could trust in and believe in. Yep. to show them another way. And it was just like, yo, yeah, I, I get that. That's in right now, but that's only going to be in. Don't get caught up in the end right now. Mm -hmm. get, get caught up in the long game. Like you want to survive. You know what I mean? You want to be able to make it to another fruitful place of life. And it's a lot more life outside of the normal blocks that we walk here. And, exactly. And that, and that what model provided, Ty, what you guys were doing. I mean, the, that's what I mean about the, the youth involvement and the youth investment, because I can just think, you know, brother Youssef and yeah. Youssef, come, Youssef coming and saying, Cook, I want to stop my team and I'm recruiting seven kids because I'm going to the Adirondacks and doing some rafting. And I remember sitting down with these kids at Tina and saying, man, guys, this is brother. Yeah, I don't know, brother Youssef. And brother Youssef, here's a room. Give him some pizza. And they talk. Next thing you know, the kid come out. Yo, Cook, man, I'm going rafting tomorrow. And I'd be like, there we go. And, and, to, and to me, that's community. You know, that's yeah. that's everybody just providing something, which is their, their, their lane, their expertise. Yep. And kids believing in the people that are providing it. And, you know, my whole thing is persistence overcomes resistance. So a lot of these kids, mm -hmm. man, they'd see so much of us. And we're so persistent at what we're doing, they couldn't resist anymore because they know mm -hmm. darn well they're going to see me in school. They're going to see me at the teen night. They're going to see me when they get locked up at the county. I'm yeah. not going nowhere. So come on, man, buy into what I'm selling. You know, mm -hmm. come on, there's more to life out here. And it wasn't just like, okay, now what can I do with them? We had all these tentacles on the octopus. Yeah. You'd grab your faction. You know, we we had after school programs that were doing A, B, and C, and D. You know, like I said, brother, you doing everything with the with the nature. It was just, oh man, Ty, it was a beautiful <laughs> thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it, uh, it used to be too funny, man. Rest in peace uh, 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 to be you. He'd be too funny uh, all the time. I would always tell him same thing. Once again, I stay in my lane. I was like, be you. You know what I mean? I'm coming. I'm supporting. I'm going to be a part of of of, of these endeavors too. But, you know, I mean, mentoring is my thing. It's just like, yep. you know, I mean, so when you want to have those intimate uh, uh, conversations or you want to be able to to touch a kid in that capacity, I'm your guy for that. Let's go ahead and do that. And then it'd be like, you know, because I can't tell you how to kayak or X, Y, and Z. Exactly. You know I mean? But I'm exactly. plugged in with the people who know how to do it, and we're going to mm -hmm. go ahead and collaborate and do it. Amen. I, when we first started going camping at Lake Taconic, it was too funny. Um 
It was, uh, I think, uh, I think you came down, uh, Tom Perez, yeah, uh, uh, Scooby, Antoine. It was a whole bunch of us down there, and you know, what I mean, and it, it it changed it changed the game. So every year before the school started, we would bring our students down to Lake Taconic uh, mm -hmm. uh, for that weekend before school started, and then we would go ahead and give them books uh, uh, and uh, like notebooks, book bags, and stuff, and supplies. Uh, for the up for the upcoming school year, but being able to just get out of Albany for a little That's while, right. to be able to camp, put your tent up, was just like <laughs> I, I was learning at the same time as these Thank guys. Was like, man, I ain't got these skills. So. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, you were you were taking it all in like a kid, just yeah. like the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, man, just having that cross section for the youth to me is priceless, and that's what that's what we need more of. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about your life's path? are you most proud of? I would say going back to what I said about just being able to be, you know, consistent for these number of years in what I do um, and just being able to keep my eye on a prize, which was just taking individuals to the next level, whatever their life was at that time. Um, to me, that's the biggest thing, man, is just... The consistency, because I've seen, you know, I've seen in many cities because I've done a lot of travel with consulting and stuff where, you know, the lifespan for a lot of programs in urban America aren't really that long. Um, a lot of them will be grant funded for two, three years, and then all of a sudden they'll belly up or, or there'll be a successful program. But then an incident will happen where all of a sudden they lose funding because of a certain incident, be it violence or whatever. Um, so just being able to keep things going with the program and be consistent on, in my message and what I'm doing tied up. The craziest thing, buddy, man, in, in all this journey is I'm, I'm now working with kids and meeting kids and I work with their parents. And, yeah. and so, I mean, it's like, I'm down on probation. My office is at probation where I do you know, my work and, and fathers will come in with their sons or mothers will come in with their sons. Come on, we got to go see Mr. Cook. Hmm. And I look up and I'm like, that's, Oh yeah, it's my son Cook. Would you talk to him? And I sit there and I'm like, man, oh my goodness! <laughs> I remember, you know, talking to the mom outside of Harriet Gibbons after a fight when she was 15, and now mm. the son's 15 coming in my office, and mom wants mm. me to talk to that son and try to redirect the knowledge and the, and the focus on on what could be done uh, for better choices, man. So to me, that's what I'm most proud of is that as another generation is coming through the door. Um, I have enough. But I don't want to call it buy-in. I have enough of relationship built with your generation who are now the parents Credibil of these kids. Credibility. The credibility piece. So that I can continue to do what I'm doing, be trusted for what I'm doing. And um, that's really what I'm proud of is that whole consistency and, and being able to touch many generations and continue to do what I love to do and, and see the results, my man. You know, see the results of, of people like yourself and people that, Come on, man. Youth investment is real. This is this isn't a, a study. This isn't a you know evidence-based thing that we're doing. This is life. And to see people be able to get the tools to navigate this and end up on our feet and be young professionals and knowing that you had a piece in that and still being able to do that through your consistency and even using some of the same methods 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm proud to be able to continue to stay in the game. Nice. Uh, uh, you also mentioned uh, 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 a little bit about your travels earlier, Cook. Uh, 
uh, how has traveling uh, or relocation uh, impacted your worldview? Um, I mean, leaving the United States, my wife is family from Ecuador in South okay. America. So that was like really my first eye opener as far as abroad, because um, I got to see how spoiled we are as Americans, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, going to a third world country, you know, Ecuador is there's really no middle class. You either have it or you don't. And, um, you know, so going to to my wife's family and being exposed to no running water in the house when you take a shower, or, you know, you, you you got a heating device on the on the shower head to make the water that comes out, you know, hot. And to me, that's being electrocuted. So I couldn't put that together. Why do you have an electrical <laughs> device up in here? And you're telling me to turn us an electric device. We're just going to heat the water coming out. So, and, you know, ha having to go to the bathroom and use a basket instead of flush in the toilet. Yeah. And, you know, not drinking the water when you brush your teeth and make sure you don't because you might get sick. But also seeing how happy and genuine these people were and how they didn't need the, the material things that, unfortunately, in America, kids feel, you know, they have to keep up with everything. Just seeing that really opened my eyes, man, where, I mean, I was given dollar bills everywhere. And my, my mother-in-law was like slapping my hand saying, stop, 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 don't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a dollar or it's like a nickel or it's just gum. Because these kids just wanted anything American. They just wanted anything that, they, you know, and it humbled me to, to see how really spoiled we are. You know, we live in a microwave society where if we don't get things quick, we get upset. Mm. And it opened up my eyes, man. Traveling really opened my eyes up to, to be humble, as, as humble as you can. But remind yourself, you have to be humble because we're conditioned to expect and we're conditioned to live in this type of society. So to see that end of the spectrum, it really opened my eyes to a lot when it comes to poverty and it comes to real poverty. And it comes to countries yeah. that, you know, people were climbing the telephone poles at 11 o'clock at night and turning the power off for the whole communities just to send a statement to the government. And I was like, well, you guys are the ones you're doing it to each other. And they're like, yeah, they do it all the time. They're trying to send a statement to the government. And I was like, wow, man, what a way to live. But yet yeah. you are the happiest family-oriented, valued people. Your, you know, your compassion is just beautiful, man. So that showed me that there's a lot more to, to what you may think in life and the way we have it out here. And um, that also adds to why I do what I do, man, because, you know, we're all here to to serve and we're all here to lift somebody up and we're all here if somebody's in a, a lesser situation let's make the best of it we can and hopefully we can take them up a notch man so traveling really opened my eyes to that it's a big world out here and you know be thankful for what you got daily nice nice and you know um uh i i, I do have um uh, uh something that's uh is, is sitting is, is sitting is sitting on my heart so i'm gonna go ahead and say it any group it, uh, it, it's not scripted and I always find myself, I never like to go off the script, but I'll say this, you know, one thing I've learned over the years, Cook, is this, and I'm just going to say this because some people used to ask me, was like, hey, Tyrell, the only person you interviewing are, are Black people from the community. It was like, no, I'm interviewing everybody who cares, period. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my guy, Charles Tui, uh, was on maybe my second or third interview, and he funded a lot of the things that I did with Model. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, that's my guy. If I need something, Still today, me even living in the D.C. metro area, you know, I can go to him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, one thing I learned, and I learned this early, and I probably learned it from uh, uh, George Benson, who is like more family to me than some of my own family. Hmm. You know what I mean? If you have a heart that's full of compassion, hmm. it transcends color. That's right. You know what I mean? You have a heart that's full of compassion that goes far beyond color, which 
has allowed you to connect with a population uh, 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 in Albany or throughout Albany that has kept your consistency mm-hmm. the way that it is. And I always tell people that, man, it's, it's not always about just seeing people that look like you. It's about meeting people that have a heart. So I say, if you got a heart of compassion, it's going to outweigh those commonalities that other people have. So I just wanted to say, like I said earlier, give you your flowers uh, while you're still here, because what you've been able to pull off for the amount of years that you have uh, 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 been a goat <laughs> uh, 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 in this is dope. You know what I mean? And and to, it's kind of like LL Cool J. I'm thinking of the goat right now. It's kind of like LL Cool J, man. People don't give LL as much of the credit and respect as they really should. Uh-huh. That guy has transformed himself through many generations. Believe that. And is still looking better than, you know what I mean? So shout out to you, Cook. You know what I mean? no, listen, I, I really do appreciate that. I mean, like I said, the reason why I've always done and do what I do is because of individuals like yourself. I mean, it's, 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 I had the same thing growing up. I had people investing in me. So this is the cycle. The cycle is just continue to invest generation from generation, just invest. So yeah. youth investment was what I was about. And is you know, what you said, it, 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 it humbles me a lot, dude. I'm an emotional brother. It humbles me a lot because um, hearing it from your peers is, is priceless, you know, mm. um, and it just sort of cements the foundation of why I do what I do and what I'm doing. And you use compassion a lot. And to me, I'm doing stuff with kids now, compassion versus compression. And Max. the kids are like, What's, what do you mean? And I, I get into this whole compassion versus compression thing with these kids because they're compressing a lot. I mean, social media time, I mean, in our day, your day, today, this is a, you know, we call this thing, this is like digital heroin. This is a, yeah. it's a drug. And, and what I'm seeing with this, with our kids, it's like, even my daughter, I, I try to put it in perspective with kids these days that most kids have, if you wanted like computer terminology, most kids have a one gigabyte brain but they're getting like 50 to 100 gig put into their brain every darn day because of these mm-hmm. devices. And they really can't process and delete files. And, and you know, mm-hmm. we're just overloading our children with so much information. And so this whole compassion versus compression thing that I'm trying to do with kids is, you know, teach them empathy, man, because we're living yeah. in such a world where these kids, their moral compass is so off right now, Ty. And it yeah. worries me because I'm seeing a moral compass just get worse and worse with a lot of these younger generation kids, though. The investment piece is big with this whole empathy piece and compassion because um, that's the foundation of all our lives. Once you can sort of, what's, what's my man Gandhi? I read something with Gandhi and he had said something about um, um, calm surrender. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, calm surrender. And he talked about um, how he judges people was the way they treat the planet and animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, the way you treat the planet and animals is the way you treat yourself. And I thought about that. And I'm like, man, I see people like littering and it's just mm-hmm. neglecting the planet and they kick dogs and are, and I'm saying to myself, man, there's no self-respect there. And it is, it's an outpouring mm-hmm. that goes everywhere. So, you know, if we can really just help these kids with the empathy piece more and that compassion piece, buddy, um, we're on our way. I'm, I, listen, if I thought that this was a, a, you know, a losing battle or whatever, I wouldn't be getting up every day and feeling, come on. Mm. But I'm more invigorated to, to do what yeah. I'm doing than I, than I ever was because the resilience in the population I work with, as you know, you can't find that resilience in many places. So when you see that resilience, Excellent. listen, man, you, you, you invest in that resilience because now mm. we're seeing the fruits of our labor with so many young professionals. It's like, yes, mm. it works. 
Love works, man. Relationships work. Trust works. And then once they get all that in them and that heart starts to sort of beat and look a little different and that compassion builds and that empathy builds, then people see the bigger picture and that whole calm surrender piece. You stop acting on emotions and you sort of just, you're calm with everything. You're starting to think for a change. So um, a lot of good stuff ahead, my man. This is great stuff. I mean, what you're doing is just, you know, every time I see a video and what people are saying, we're all in the same game. We play different positions. You know, we just play different positions, but we got to support the other teammates. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that what you're good at, you you know, you utilize that skill. What he's good at, utilize what she's good at. Let's start getting these avenues, you know, and categorize things so these kids know that, you know what, there is more than a thought out here. There is a lot of opportunities for me. And don't feel like you got to be in competition with the people that are around you. Because your competition is not limited to Albany. Your competition is globally. And it's just like, listen, man, instead of trying to cut each other down, you know what I mean? Like I said, you will get more. And that's one of the things that, you know, I hated the most about trying to buy for monies uh, 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 when we were running model. Uh, 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 by the grace of God, you know, we did get some uh, uh, some nice corporate uh, sponsorship from places like uh, the Gold Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. Price Chopper, or the Bender Family, or Charles Tui in them. But for a lot of the programs there, they're in a in a everyday grind to get funding, and a lot of yeah. times you you have to be fighting in and up against people that you like, you love, you admire. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know, we end up trying to find ways to cut them down or talk about them to go ahead and and, and we don't. It's not necessary. It's enough no. room for all to be successful, and I've learned that over time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Colla- it, it looks like it's not, but yeah. it is. Collaborations to me, like I said, there's a big pie out there. Everybody can get a piece, you know. Yeah. So don't you know? Don't try to you know get into that slaughter and start being that pig. No man, there's a lot of pie out here. So let's find out people can use a piece of that pie, and it's a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. I got two more questions for you, Cook, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, what opportunities uh, does Albany offer that you wish you would have taken more advantage of? Opportunities that Albany offers. Hmm. Boy, oh boy, brother, that one there. Um, I mean, I think... I was so sports oriented, you know, just growing up in my generation and what I seen that those dreams of sports was always put on a front burner and education really wasn't put on a front burner except for mom and dad saying, go to school, get your homework done, get good grades. To see a lot of the educational opportunities that kids have in schools, like for example, when I go to Albany High and see, you know, I was an 83 graduate of Albany High. And to see what's offered, and my daughter goes there, you know, and she's a junior. To see what's offered to these kids in schools. Um, I know a lot of that was offered back in my generation, but I neglected it because, like I said, my eye was always on that, you know, NFL Major League Baseball dream, thinking that, you know, you're going to get a scholarship to go to college and play some ball. And, you know, I didn't have that reinforcement and, and, and thinking outside the box with other educational opportunities that I should that I should have. So I just think that kids, if they would open their spectrum a little more and realize there is a lot being offered, like you said, now with coding and everything else that these kids are learning in schools. I mean, man, oh, man, oh, man, when I'm seeing. We got a nanotech university. You, you, I mean, yeah. So Think about it. You know, you go up to Wilton, you got one of the biggest chip plants in the Northeast. So it's like, you know, 
we, I had opportunities I think I just neglected and I wish I bought into more. I mean, I was more of an artsy individual too when I went, you know, I went to school for art, you know, and, and that was my dream. Um, I probably could have explored other avenues in art to open my horizons more. That was probably offered, but I didn't really look that deep into that. So the educational opportunities, I wish I took more advantage of. Um, but um, I'm not sorry I didn't because like I said, everything happens for a reason and everything's already pre-written in our worlds. So it may be who I am today, um, but for the kids, as far as opportunities, and, you know, there's a lot out there. I think there's a lot more being offered for a lot of more kids and um, just opening your spectrums up because the people that did miss out on opening up, we kick ourselves in a rump, wish we can get a rewind, yeah. you know, and I was telling my man the other day, you know, kids think, you know, kids think like, you know, they take time for granted to think it's, you know, there's abundance of it, man. But, you know, as you get older, you know, you find out it's currency, man. You know, it's like currency. Mm -hmm. You got to spend it wisely. Mm -hmm. So we, we just got to keep reinforcing to these kids that while you get a chance, while you're in this position, where you are in the stage of your life, be open-minded, look for these opportunities and take advantage of them. If you don't like it, at least you could say you tried it. That's right. But um, let's keep offering opportunities. Let's these kids jump into it. So as far as me, it's just the lack of pursuing education away. I, as I look in hindsight, maybe I could have yeah. made some more changes, but, but it is okay. what it is. No, no, I, I like it. I'm just sitting there thinking about do you know how many schools and universities the Capital District has alone? And it's, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm thinking of two, and on this question, I'm thinking of two different areas. One, politics. Uh, the fact that we have, uh, uh, we're the Capital. We have so much that goes on right down the street uh, uh, um, that we, right now, I think it's a lot more people who partake in it and uh, we're becoming, uh, a lot more in tune with what's going on, but yep. imagine having access to all of these things and not knowing how beneficial they were. Imagine yep. us as young kids is like the only place we're going to go play ball uh, uh, is 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 the YMCA on Washington Avenue. Yeah, listen, they got ball every Saturday up here at, at, at U Albany or or whatever it is. You got all of these different schools in the area to go exactly. visit. Do you yep. know how many schools I visited before I left? To go down to Charlotte, it's like yeah. Skid, Skidmore was my number one choice, to be perfectly honest. You're Skidmore was my number one choice, but, you know, really, I didn't know anything about school uh, yeah. prior uh, prior to that. But I'm just like, so now what I tell everybody is like, yo, parents, expose your kids to it. You don't even got to yeah. travel far. We got so many schools yeah. just right here. You know what I mean? You know, it's, yeah. And, and my generation, like I said, that wasn't. You know, edu education and my father was a middle class dude working as, you know, laborer, man. So it's, mm. it was that's, you know, you work, you get out of school, you get a job and you support the family. So and like you just said, like Albany Law School, Ty, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, CBA obviously was right next to Albany mm. Law, you know, before I yeah. moved up to Latham. And I never knew Albany Law School. I, I always thought that was an extension of CBA because nobody ever told me, no, no, that's Albany Law School. Mm -hmm. right next. I never realized there was an Albany Law School right up in that corner across from Albany Med. To me, that was like all CBA because mm -hmm. nobody grabbed me and said, no, man, this is a law. This is one of the most yeah. prestigious law schools in the Northeast, you know? So, um, yeah, exposure. And like I said, parents yeah. got to, you definitely got to embrace it. It's right in our backyard. Yep. Okay. Hey, listen, man. Uh, 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 thanks, uh, uh, thanks for surviving through all these questions with me. I got my last question for you, Cook. Um, uh, uh, are there any resources like apps, uh, uh, books that you're reading, podcasts that you're listening to? Um, what are you listening to? How do you stay engaged? Um, podcast wise, 
to be honest, Wichita, man, my favorite, Mike Tyson has a podcast called Hot Boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, since day one, I've been on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing. Number mm-hmm. one, because of Mike's connection to our area. Number two, because of Mike's history. Um, so Hot Boxing to me is amazing because they don't give Mike enough credit. Mike's an intelligent young man. And, I agree. and when you watch his podcast and he goes off on tangents where I sit there, I sit back and I'm like, my man. Yeah. So hot boxing is, is, and he has an array of different characters and different subjects. So that's something I tell people, man, you know, you can relate to because of Mike, but then again, you're also going to relate to a lot of deep topics, which is very, very good. Um, books. I mean, I'm a true crime lover, dude, because of what I do. So like true crime to me is everything. So I'm constantly just looking for true crime books and, you know, nothing I'm going to put out there and say, go read this, do that. But I'm a true crime lover when it comes to books, man. Um, and besides that, buddy, I love cooking and okay. as I age and what I do and I'm the chef in my ho- in my household. So, you know, when I'm done here, I'll probably go out to the lounge here <laughs> with, with wifey and I'll, and I'll, and I'll look at some, some videos online of, of some guys who is in Thailand right now and he's trying a, a Thai dish. And so I'm into, I'm a foodie man. So I'm into those right. type of shows too, when it comes to that buddy. So that's where my, is, it, my interests are right now. Obviously, the music is always, fun, you know, I'm always into the music scene and checking out my music. Mike is my boy with the hot boxing and, and my other stuff is basically watching my food shows and, and seeing the rest of this world and how they, they navigate the food industry and how they feed their families and what's good out there. Yeah, okay. Uh, listen, uh, last unofficial question. Um, I know you said you did get a chance to look at some of the other interviews, but one of the questions I always ask everybody at the very end is, uh, if you were to recommend somebody else for me to interview next for back, who would it be, Cook? Man, I could give you a list of 400 kids. Um, <laughs> I mean, just off the top, Ty. Um, Eldon. Yep. Big, El- big L's doing big things, man. I'm proud of Eldon. Eldon Harris. I- He's on there already. Oh, is he? All right, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I already have him for season two. Yeah. Yep. Um. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm very proud of my boy Markel, Markel Brace. You know. Uh, Mar- what do you say? Uh, uh, don't put your, don't put your health on this. Don't put your health on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but just the strides he made yep. and where he's at today and where he's from, also as you know, I'm proud of Kel, man. You know, Marky Edmonds, what what Mark's yep. doing. I, man, Deshaun Moore. I mean, yeah. either, you know, Malik Nichols, you know, Malik's yeah. doing big things in the medical field down there, yeah. you know, born and raised. Um, jeez, man. I mean, then kids like Quizza. I mean, my man, Chiqu- yeah. little Chiqu- what, I no, love Quizza's story. Now, I bring up Quizza and people like that because, you know, when I was trying to get to these kids back in the day when they were in the mix, you know, oh, cool, come on, man. And, you know, they were, it was just that whole, you know, live and learn. And, Quiz ended up working with Snug and giving back to the community. And he used to come to Teen Night as a member of Snug. And the conversations we would have and seeing his growth and development side, it was just beautiful, man. So people like that, they have a voice too, man, because, you know, he's down south doing his thing and he's Mm -hmm. grown up. And his growth and development to me is is a testimony of somebody who said, you know what, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. You know, I'm always going to remember where I came from, but it's where I'm going to be at, which is more important, man. So, you know, just great kids like that, man. Antoine Morrison, Twigs. Twigs is coaching, doing good things yeah. with that. But, um, yeah, man, you're not going to have to reach far. You, you know you know what we got in our community, brother. Okay, okay. 
Well, listen, man, uh, back community, thank you for staying tuned in through this interview with uh, Ron Cook Barrett. Uh, Cook, uh, like I said, man, I love you like a brother. Uh, 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 what you're doing uh, has uh, stood the test of time, uh, and you would have to be put up there among the goats, just like my <laughs> man LL Cool J, oh, because <laughs> not only have you done it, but you are aging uh, gracefully, my man. So, and, and to be able to do it from generation to generation and still stay up with all of us youngins, I ain't even younger no more. I'm pushing 40. So to be able to stay up with all of these uh, uh, generations, shout out to you, brother. Shout out to your compassionate heart and uh, your desire to give back and stay connected. And I wish you continued success uh, as you continue to do that. Because as you mentioned earlier, what you are doing is social work. And mm -hmm. I think that that is, we, uh, uh, those in social work should be paid way more <laughs> than, than uh, just like educators, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Because you have the capacity to touch and help steer and direct the lives and the minds of people, which is way more powerful than a lot of other tools. So shout out to you, brother. I really appreciate you, bro. You know, I listen, I, 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 I say I love you like a son because of yeah. our relationship that goes back to those days when okay. you were a young and down in, in Lincoln Park. But um, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm proud of you. Thank you mm -hmm. for, for, for doing what you're doing because I think this is important for the community to be able to, to see and sort of slow yeah. down a little bit and see that there are some, some roses in the cement out here and there are people that are in the trenches doing it for the right reasons. So um. I appreciate you showcasing everybody. You know, like I said, I'm beyond proud of your growth and development, my brother. Uh, your family is beautiful. I'm so happy that you're happy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going to stay in touch and do what we do. But um, kudos once again, and thank you for having me. Oh, thank you very much, man. Uh, uh, Cook, I, I'll play catch up with you next time, brother. All right. Love you. Love you. Talk I love to you soon. Too. All right, bye -bye. Peace. Peace.